0: in the day as we resume our legend series on the revved up sports show on the revved up sports show hotline it is my man the driver of car number 49 mr keith Reithmeyer. keith how are you sir
1: i'm doing wonderful
0: (laughs) so how how are you um how is this affecting you we'll we'll get into the fun stuff but obviously our concern is is everyone what uh effects that this may be having on, on you and your family uh yeah
1: you know we have to just be very careful and, and conscientious where we go and, and wash our hands. And, uh, you know, with the grandkids, especially, I, oh, yeah. I traveled out to North Carolina and picked up my, uh, grandson and brought him back with us. So, um, you know, on the planes and everything, I make sure I wiped everything down and, and, uh, and just trying to be careful with stuff like that, you know? And, you know, thankfully, thank God that, uh, as of right now, I, I don't have no, no one personally that, um, is sick or has it but uh you know I feel for those that have been affected by it
0: yeah well and i, I think keith you said y- you said the main thing you said thank god this is this is all going to happen the way it's going to happen we're just along for the ride right absolutely
2: right. all right keith so let's go back we got a little bit of time on our hands so let's go back all the way <laughs> to the beginning uh, your fa- your family race. I-, I didn't realize how far deep that your racing route went till we uh were stuck in one of them rain delays over there at the Derby that day. Uh, but talk about how far, how many years your family's been involved in racing, and talk about how you finally got your start.
1: Well, it actually started back in um like '61 uh, at Austin Speedorama. Um, my mom taken and uh, went with one of our friends out to the racetrack, and uh, my dad went out there, and he said, "Well." If we're going out there to races, I got to be involved. And after that, <laughs> within a few weeks, he had a race car, and that was the start of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, we had uh, quite a few different drivers drive for us, and he had cars, um, uh, through the 60s and all the way, all the way till I started driving. We owned our own cars, and like Jake Wallace and, um, with Glenn Swaby, and, um, I'm trying to think of all the ones that we had. We had quite a, quite a few different drivers, but mainly Jake Wallace drove four or five years. Jerry Stanley drove about five years for us and and uh, had a, quite a few good drivers with us.
0: And, and, you know, Keith, I have to tell you, you mentioned Jerry Stanley, and up on our graphic right now we have a picture of that red, red white, and blue 49 car, uh, the Howard Reithmeyer car that, that Jerry Stanley drove. And I've told this story before, but you, you, Jake Wallace, uh, Jerry Stanley, Howard – are a lot of the reasons that that i became what 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 i've done with racing because they used to sell model cars of that car at speedorama that red white and blue car and i wanted one and we got there too late and i cried and cried and cried and jake wallace sat me in a car and that was the beginning of the end that's where it all started for me
1: <laughs> yes jake was very good with kids <laughs> gary yeah. Oliver was yeah. absolutely no
0: doubt
2: So it looks like all these numbers are all these cars are numbered number forty nine. Tell me, there's a story behind that, or is is it just one of those luck deals? Because as soon as you say forty nine in Texas, everybody automatically thinks of you, you and all your different race cars. Well,
1: we actually, yeah, we actually had like for a while. I think we had number twelve, and um, then we had uh, the number two. Jake Wallace was driving for us, and I think uh, when uh, Jake decided to have his own car, and uh, Daddy was. In fact, Daddy was in line, and Jake took the number two, and Daddy had to come up with a number, and he put forty nine, and that's how it went from then on. <laughs> <them.
3: laughs>
1: very, you know, nice. I mean, it just kind of a spur of the moment, and that was a number that was very for at that time. So,
0: oh, you guys definitely yep. made it very, very famous, Keith. Let, let's talk about let, let's talk about Longhorn. Uh, I, I mean, you started out. I remember you, and I guess it was the hobby class or what, whatever they called it, and. um, f- f- just those days, what what that place meant to all of us, um with just all the fun of of speedorama, Longhorn Speedway, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yes, uh, you know speedorama, or back then it was transition to Longhorn to try to try to match with the Longhorns there. And often, with in fact, I there was a group of us that tried to change the name to try to help it. um, mix in with Austin since the Longhorns were doing so good back then, but <laughs> yeah, Austin then. Speedorama is what it started with, you know, and that's, that was what it was first known as, and uh, that track was just so different and unique. The turns were tight, and uh, I mean, you had some good racing, but it was tough to have good racing. You had to get up on the outside of somebody and really work it, you know? You couldn't just, uh, uh, it wasn't an easy track, and a lot of people came there and talked about how hard it was, but growing up on it, it made it easy to go anywhere. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So. Absolutely.
2: So as you came up through there uh even back when we interviewed Slick Yeomans, he said that that you and him used to do dogfights there on Friday night and then you used to run down in Corpus too. Uh, who who was your biggest competitor back in the days was it was it your brother-in-law? Was it was it Slick? Was it who who was who was the who was the thorn in your side when you started racing? Maybe even old Don Kradimsky.
1: Well, back then really I never raced about, uh, against Don very often. I, I mainly um David was running in the street stock class, uh, with us. And, uh, so we, uh, we was real close competitors. And then, um, when I moved up to the late models, it was slick. Me and slick would run, uh, well, he'd run Friday nights in Austin mm-hmm. and then both of who would go down to San Antonio on Saturday nights or go down to Corpus. And, um, yes, we, and we, we constantly, constantly was close. Slick, slick seemed to have, um, he had a, had a little edge on me. Uh, I didn't win quite as much as slick did, but. But
0: we had some good races. Yeah. You know, Keith, I have to tell you, I remember it was 1981. I mean, it was just – I remember it like it was yesterday. I think that was a year with you and Slick over here in Austin where you – you, you led the points. You led the points for for a good part of the year that year, and that was a really good field of guys. It was yourself. Slick was making the haul down. Scotty Garrett was out with, out there with you guys, and uh, that that eighty one year, you guys back and forth, and he got you right at the end. But um, that was uh, t- talk about that season if you recall that you you guys were just so damn good back then. Yes,
1: it was a. Uh it was he, he would win or i would win and yep. both of us was just so consistent that it took a it took a bad night yep. you know yep um i think i had a couple bad nights that year right back to back that kind of uh let him pass me in points but um uh i was real consistent most of the year and it just one of those years that come back and got me you know
0: yeah yeah Keith, so, you you broke on a double points night and that's what did you win I remember it vividly. I, I saw that okay. car go in. I was <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Sorry. Show, showing my age there when it comes to that stuff. And,
1: but. you know, in, um, then in, like, 82, 82, I won the point at both tracks. Yep. I believe it was 82 and then 84. Yep. And, you know, it's funny. It's like in 83. Okay, 82, I never, I finished every single heat, every heat race and every feature at both tracks. <laughs> in fact, on a Friday night, I dropped the exhaust valve, and it just, Broken half and went out the exhaust, and I still finished second. And how often does that <laughs> happen, you know? Yeah. And uh, we went to the shop that ne- that night, pulled the head off, took a die grinder after piston work, burned it up, had another head, stuck it on there, and went down to San Antonio and finished, like, third. <laughs> so it was one of them years that's supposed to be year year. You know, nothing can go wrong, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and we actually have the '82 car up there. That uh, that that Camaro there, that little red Camaro, that that was one hell of a fast machine right there. When you won those uh, those two championships,
1: yes, yes, they were good. Yeah, yeah. The, um, we had bought that. We had that one car, and then um, let's see. I believe it was. Um, then I bought a um, bought another car. I had a new car in '83, and we one. had like '83. You know, we couldn't. Un, um, I believe it was eighty three. We could unload off the trailer without having motor problems, and then come around back eighty four, and I think I only missed one race again. You know that I broke actually in. So it's kind of it's funny how the season can go from excellent to as bad as you can get to excellent again. You know,
2: absolutely, no doubt about it. So Keith, you ran in yep. all of the tracks. What, which one was your favorite? Did you like Longhorn better than Corpus? Did you like San Antonio because of the big banks? I mean. Which one? When you when you pulled up to the one, you were like, "Oh hell, here we go! This was gonna be this was gonna be the best one tonight."
1: Out this, out this, the half mile. We've heard that. Yes, yeah. it was it was it was a fabulous fun track. You could run multiple lanes. I mean, it, it was just a lot of fun racing and real fast.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to say San Antonio was next because, you know, you really had to drive that track. It was it's. Sam was so much different in track. It's kind of like Longhorn. It's very different. But, you know, so many people just couldn't. You had to go off in a turn, and and it would point off in that turn, especially in turn three and four. And When you felt it turn, you got on the gas. But so many people couldn't get. It's hard to get that feel to let the car go, mm-hmm. and then just get back on the gas, and it would turn on you. You know, it felt like you are just going to go straight for the wall. And so it was a very different track, but lots of fun to drive.
0: Yeah, yeah, no lots doubt about it. You know, yeah. Nick
1: Kraft and John Kelly and <sighs> – and um, Greg Davidson, and you know, uh, all those were constantly fascinating.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, it's Keith Keith Rethmeyer with us here on the uh, Revved Up Sports Show Hotline. Texas Legends Night continues on uh, here with all the all the sadness, all the whatever we thought. Let's let's get a badass on here and let's talk about some fun times. So, talk, talking about those guys, you know, TIDA, which became Romco, and all of that. Man, that um, those series. Man, we we were the place to be when when TIDA or Romco came to town and you guys you guys came around. That was um, that was this show. Talk, talk about those days. It just just the the camaraderie and 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 that was a big family. That was a traveling road show right there.
1: Yes, with all of us racing against each other and traveling at different tracks, it was that was a lot of fun. You know, get there get there the night before and be out in the parking lot and party and then race <laughs> Saturday Not competitive, you know and <laughs> Go back to the motel and parties a little bit more, you know. So yeah, those were those were the good days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of fun then, you know.
0: Yeah, kind of have
1: a have a rival on the racetrack and then get back to the motel and laugh about it. Ain't you know? nothing
0: wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with yep. that. That's what yep. the sport's yep. all about. Uh,
1: yeah, it was. That was a lot of fun back then, you mm-hmm. know. And Neil Upchurch did a, a great job keeping that series running. Um. You know, we started out years ago going down to Texas Motor Speedway when you took us down there, and that was a, you know, that was a blast going down that road course down there.
0: Now that was a party
1: oh yes that was a party <laughs>
0: hey, hey hey we have to ask you because neil was on this program a couple of years ago and he told a story about you i think it was aggie land Inn or, or or something like that <laughs> uh so, something about a camper or, or something like that Do you happen to recall what may have happened there
1: uh, an uh oh, or- <laughs> yeah well jerry jerry sammy was driving for us back then yeah and um we taken in. and I was pulling the race car down, there, and we had a camper, and it's, it's a fairly new camper with a big A.C. and everything. It's one that fit up in the back end of the truck. Well, back then, the motels didn't have the real high awnings. Well, so needless to say, it was a motel we signed in at and kind of pulled up underneath the awning, and the A.C. just collapsed straight down into the camper.
3: That's <laughs> so needless the way we say, heard it.
1: I was about 18 years old, 17. I don't know. I was pretty young, and I knew my tail was in trouble when Daddy got there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. For not paying attention,
0: that's exactly how we heard it. That's exactly <laughs> yep. almost word it. for word how we heard it. Yeah, that. yeah. No doubt about it. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yep. I love it.
1: Thank, thank goodness, Jerry, Jerry Stanley was so good with us, and I mean, I mean, we were, he drove for for so many years, and he taken called dad, my dad, ahead of time, and told him what happened. And told him, don't be too mad. Be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that helps some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No doubt about it. It's, that's that old thing. Uh, when, when you mess up, just uh, I always tell the kids, when you mess up, just tell the truth and hopefully it won't be quite too bad.
1: Right, right, right. That's <laughs> no. it. That's it. That's it. That was. <laughs> yep but those were some good days back then that's for sure
2: now now you don't have any you don't have any of those greg davidson type stories when you overindulged and might have did some streaking through the parking lots i mean i've heard some of the legendary legendary stories of, of the wreath incidents you got any you want to share yeah, no
1: no no man i i was all good you know i, I didn't of get course yeah that- <laughs> Uh, yeah there was there was there was some of them that partied harder than I did I guess <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, yeah, you know now need, now needless to say some of those trips where we'd leave on a Friday night you know and then drive up to um, Odessa or we'd go all the way up to Altus and stuff like that there was a night or two they were laughing at me when i pulled in parking parkland i had no wheels on one side of my trailer done lost them all so <laughs> you know i was dragging it on the ground but <laughs> so, so we made it there late in the morning
0: so but. so so keith i have to ask you uh, and again because because i've been getting messages throughout the day uh, i mean all of our damn racing friends you know how they are when, when they hear that mm-hmm. when they heard that you were going to be on they're like oh, i ask him about this so so i, I had this so that, was it ever true that a car fell off some jack stands at the track while you were working on it, and um, uh, Big Jake and, and Howard found you r- rolled up, uh, rolled up underneath the car? Uh, maybe if that thing fell up on top of you.
1: Yeah, the, the actually the <laughs> clutch. Oh, the-, <laughs> the clutch went out in practice. Nice. So uh, they snuck me in the pits because I don't. I was always working on the car at shop, so I was pulling the drive shaft back in the back, and that. So I was getting the U boat out of the drive shaft, and about that time the car fell off the jacks and when it did they were hot they were worried about me and I think it landed kind of partially on my dad and kinda of had him pinned but they were worried about me being underneath there. And needless to say the track motor, oh Sonny um I can't think of his last name, but he came over there and he went even though they was trapped underneath. it he was chewing on them so bad because they had a minor in the pits that time. I mean just a unload <laughs> <on> them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh it God. was a... Uh,
0: Oh man, what
1: the hell! It was is- a lot of fun. Yeah, that was like a, a corpus was a, a a lot of fun to go down there with, especially with running down there with Slick and them all time down there. That was that that, that track was a very hard track to run.
0: That was a very hard track to run. Very very yes. hard track to run. Yes.
2: Yes. See, the the coolest thing from, from, I mean, I remember as a kid traveling around watching all the TIDA races with you and David and Slick and Greg and John Kelly and just everybody, like, it's so cool that even, what, 25, 30 years, maybe even 35 years later, every one of you legends that we've had on this show look back at it so fondly. That, that it's just one of those things that, that Rodney and I talked about at the time, we were just so damn happy that we were part of such such a cool thing. And, and I don't think we even realized how special it was at the time.
1: Yeah, well, you know, not, none, none of us did. You know, I mean, the the deal is is running against uh, the guys back then, uh, it just seemed to be different. Number one, naturally, the experience is quite a bit different nowadays. But, um, I mean, we kind of knew, like, if you got beside this guy, you're going to be squeezed here, or yeah. if you try to go underneath him, yep. this was going to happen. And it was like consistent. You knew it. You pretty well knew what the other guy's going to do, and he didn't do nothing totally weird. You know, yeah. most of the time.
0: Yeah.
1: And but you could race the, you could race with him like that and not tear stuff up. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Which was, uh, it that makes it I think a lot different to today as a in the, the day. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Keith, as time went on, I mean, obviously here before. Before we had TIDA and all of that, we kind of lost late models and all that around here. You jumped in. You would jump in Walter Sims' car, and 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 you'd you'd get out there and when when super stock races. Uh, how fun was that for you to get back into kind of what you where you really honed your skills to get out there and, and drive with those guys? Because a lot of times it, it was guys that you had raced with, you know, prior anyway.
1: Yeah, it, it it made it a lot easier too when you drop back a class like that. Yeah you could see and you could anticipate things so much better better because the speed is just – everything happens so much slower to you after you used to the faster class mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, it just made it a lot of fun racing because you could anticipate what the next guy was going to do long before he did it, you know. Right. Yeah. Whereas uh, when you're in the – you know, as you're coming up through the ranks, you just don't get that feeling, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, no yeah. No doubt about
2: that. All right, All right so – Yeah, I- we're taking – Oh uh-huh. no! Go ahead. i go ahead. Sorry, sorry.
1: No. No. You know. Yeah. And that doesn't. You know. And some of the fun fun times were those street stocks or yep. the super stocks. And like the, when I jumped, in, I ran some of those trucks. You know. Yeah. I had a lot of fun in those trucks. Those fun. Those trucks were close. Close. Uh, um, some close racing, but they were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. Yeah.
2: So I, I got to be the one to ask. We just start got done talking about TIDA and all of that, and I'm gonna skip ahead a couple of years from where Rodney was talk about how that that uh quick lube deal started out because everybody remembers we, we've actually got the picture of the car up on on the screen right now how how did that deal come about because you still had your little Reithmeyer automotive repair shop there too so was was it advertising a competitor or how, how did that deal was it one of them greg davidson deals they bought you some red paint so you ended up putting their name all over the car
1: well, actually, actually, it was yeah. Actually, the quick clues were the all change places. They were one of the original ones in Austin. Yep. And what would happen is um, the people actually one of the owners of them actually traded with me for years at the shop, or traded with us for years at the shop. So. When they would have problems with the car, like they'd forget to put a drain plug in, or you know, um, or or you know, or they get sometimes they get blamed on stuff that they didn't really do, you know. Right, right, right. They would get they would get me to check the cars out, you know, and I'd check them out and see, um, and then I'd give my honest opinion. Hey, yes, y'all messed up, or or no, there's no way y'all could have did that to that car. There's no possibility, you know. And and they take my word on it. Well, and I just ask them for some some uh, tire money help and stuff like that so they they sponsored us
0: and he they, they
2: stayed with you for about four years nice nice, so, nice.
1: yeah it's a very yeah, good it was thing good. Yeah. that's what everybody yeah. remembers they, in fact Kelly told sold it yeah yeah
2: that, that's what everybody remembers i also remember that blue car i think it was the blue car that ran the oh, v6 yeah. oh yeah so oh, what yeah. made you decide to run the v6 was it a was it a dollar and cents deal or, or did you just decide you wanted to do something different because that car was fast as hell too well yeah, that car
1: was good. I mean, that the car itself—the car itself—it did not matter. It was one of those cars that if you you could go off and turn almost as hard as you wanted, and it just wouldn't mess up, hardly. I mean, it was a it was a that that chassis and everything just worked great on that car. But it, it, being that V six in it, it was something different. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was excited to try something different. I bought that from Tommy Grothies. No, and oh, that uh, name comes up that's a lot. Who had that car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he had bought it, and I don't, I don't even think he'd ever run it. You know. And, um, and so I, I heard about it that he's selling it and I bought it from him and, and, uh, um, man, I, I, that car was just something else. I loved the way it drove. The V6 was so smooth. It was, it had about, it was a little bit less power than what the v 8 had back then, mm-hmm. but it was just such a smooth, you just didn't explode the tires. So your tires stayed with you real well.
0: You know so, that, um, that that's the same thing that Slick said when when Slick was on here talking about his V6, he said it was just mm-hmm. such such a smooth car. I mean, you, you could wheel that yes. thing around, and it, you could do more that than the than the V8 guys could.
3: Yes,
1: yes. You know, and they made me put they made me put um, after the first year I ran it, I had to put an extra twenty five pounds or extra fifty pounds right up underneath the center of the motor. You know, because <laughs> they <I> was <laughs> thinking it was a weight deal, but. The weight deal didn't really affect it any whatsoever. It was just—I think it was just that the, the it wouldn't explode the tires as bad, and it was just so smooth that it uh, that helped you. Especially the longer the race was, the better it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. so Keith, fu- funny that you mentioned that, and and we heard that we 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 were all bullshitting over there at, at Snowball, and and it doesn't matter now because you're you're not you're not racing <laughs> w- with these people, but you were apparently really really good about figuring out uh, creative ways to make these damn cars a little bit quicker, weren't you? <laughs>
1: well, if it wasn't if it wasn't in the rules, I'd try it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess one of the first ones I did that was really um the uh I had a adjustable sway bar and I remember Bob Bolin and Charlie Cole and everything. They were so mad to be down in San Cone because in time trials, I could reach over there and I could crank. I had like a wheel off my, actually a, a little handle <laughs> off my brake lane. Hell yeah. And I yeah. put it like on a three foot snap on extension and it went, ran to a, it went to a deal Could I could adjust and mask down on the sway bar, put more load in the sway bar. So I could adjust that sway bar. And they, oh, one night I set fast time and they were, they come over there just, Matter in the slung gun because I could over there adjust that sway bar on that deal. You know, if it had not been for that thing, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> well, <laughs> put one in your car. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> you know? Oh my god! And I we tried to,
1: yeah. And I, I would try different things, and you know, they used to do uh, Roslin uh, that uh, rosin you know, rosin and yep. sticky a mm-hmm. years yep. ago. Yep. Well, I even taken tries for time trials. You know, just trying to get an edge. I tied little bags of rosin off my fender wheels and let it drag on the tires as I was going out for time, Charles. <laughs> <sighs> oh. You know, I think, it, I think if I spent more time probably working on the car then I would try to come up with ideals and gimmicks, I'd be doing it pretty good, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the but best. That
1: with the fun, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it paid yeah. off. I mean, you you were winning races all the damn time. So, so what, right. whatever the hell you were doing, it, it was working right.
1: Right. A lot of
2: fun back then. Yeah. So uh, yep, we're taking. Yep. One of the things we were talking about down there at, at the Derby, too, was talking about the time you had to go back to your chiropractor and he was like, hey, have you ever been in an accident? Uh, I remember that story pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. We took it in. I was taking and uh, I was changing the numbers on the tires. They could, the ET82s the were the harder tires. And E C eighties were softer. Well the rules were E C eighty two eight eighty twos. So what I do is I take a razor blade and cut the two off and then cut <laughs> the zero off the E C eighties and put the two glue the two back on the E C eighty and make it an E. C eighty two. And I never got caught doing that. And it was <laughs> definitely a <laughs> it was definitely a lot of help at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God bless.
0: And, and so, 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 Keith, ta- talking about talking about those old days, like like when we were talking about with you and Slick, and and you, you'd run Speedorama and or go to sixteen, and then go to Corpus, whatever it was. How, how hard was that for you guys? I, I I think maybe the Speedorama CC maybe not quite so bad, but to transition, run Speedorama, and and you guys didn't just leave when the when the races ended. You hung around for a little bit to. How the hell did we used to race back-to-back and race every week? Because, hell, it's not possible anymore, apparently.
1: But, you you know, it's not. Well, number one, you know, to imagine traveling in the traffic like we do nowadays, you know. I mean, we'd run on Friday night, then stay up late. And then, you know, and, and there was, for two years, I had to take in the change. I'd have to go back to the shop on Friday night, drop the car off, and then early Saturday morning, We'd have to take, and we had everything color coded because it was like a hundred pounds damn. different in weight for San Antonio. So I had to change spring, sway bar weight, and we'd have it color coded so we could swap it out on Saturday morning. That's a go good idea. To go down San Antone Saturday night. That's
2: a damn good idea. Really, you good know. then,
1: then there was there there were a the couple times we'd leave San Antonio after races there, come back to the shop, and then head straight up to uh, out to Oklahoma uh, and ran a right ra- a couple times. Damn. So. Yeah, and trying to do that nowadays just in the traffic alone would be tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a great point. That's a very good point.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Gas was what, 25 cents a gallon back in the 25. day? 25. Back, back then? Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty cheap. But, you know, we did that. I did that as a kid growing up. Uh, we had a, uh, in fact, I don't forget, we had a 56 Chevrolet wrecker, and we'd run on a Friday night, and then we go down to uh, – Oh, uh, San Antonio Speedway on this side of town, uh, Pan American Speedway. We'd run yeah. on Saturday night and then go run Dallas on on a Sunday. Jeez! And I remember one night coming back and we got close to Austin. The rear end started growling on because I used to sleep on the floorboard when my parents <laughs> drove. You know, rear end go, howling like a son of a gun. They get out and they take it in they take and put motor and take and start chopping up pieces of wood and everything and put it in the rear end to fight it down so we can make it on home, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Uh, so, so Keith, how, how about when, how about when, uh, when, when, when Bradley started racing? Um, you know, you transitioned over, and we're we're jumping all around here, so we're going to be throwing stuff at yeah, you this, yeah, no this whole time. But um, so like when Bradley started started racing, I mean, he he jumped out there. Uh, how creative did you get with some of those cars? Because at that point, you weren't behind the wheel.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, actually, I did get behind the wheel. And on top of that, you couldn't do some of the stuff we used to do because they were getting more smarter. On <laughs> <that>. so, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, you know, we did have in one of one of the cars we had a a, a weight that would move underneath the seat. That's it. And one it'd I'm move about at. a half per it'd move a half a per a half a percent. So um <laughs> we actually I had it where he could take a pull a cord and it'd move over to the right hand side of the car for we're going across scales <laughs> and right when we went out on track you could pull it and he'd pull it over left hand side of the plane and you'd gain a half a percent of left side weight. <laughs> which on we did it practice it in Kyle and it would change it Oh, about a half a tenth, yeah you know, a little over half a tenth and and, like I said, the biggest difference it made was on acceleration off the turn,
0: yeah, yeah, I bet,
1: yeah,
0: and nobody yep. ever caught so, you with with all these things, did they no, nobody ever nobody ever caught that shit.
1: No, 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 never did. No. I think the only time I actually, I did get caught one time with the motor moved back a couple of inches, but that was years ago when I first started racing. That's right. Yeah. That is right. That you're is you're right. supposed to, you're supposed to have the ball joint lined up and mine was a couple inches back, but it's according to what series you ran, you know? So, yeah, yeah. so I just left it a couple inches back. Well, yeah, yeah. one series didn't like it out yeah. here and out, out there at Speedorama. They, 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 Excuse me, when
0: that so. yeah. <laughs> common mistake, you know, just a little bit of confusion. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the way it happens.
2: Yeah. That's the way it so, yeah. so, so Keith, yeah. for you on a personal level, was it was it more fun as a kid racing with your dad, or was it more more fun for you racing with Bradley after he started racing? Which which one was more? Which one was better for you?
1: Actually, I enjoyed it with my son running. I enjoyed watching him run and everything. As far as the racing aspect of it, I think the racing back years ago was um i guess the people were just more not courteous but you could run side by side and not have to worry about someone or you knew what they were going to do right and when he got to his racing it was just it was getting more to a, um it was just a little bit rougher racing i guess you could say you just you never knew what was going to happen from racetrack to racetrack it was harder to race it what it was harder to race with the racers let's put it that way but as far as Having his uh, son driving, that was much more enjoyable than I. I mean, instead of me driving, I enjoyed him driving. I mean, I I just loved the working on them more than I did the driving of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So you know, so, I, th- I sat I sat out for about ten years, I guess, or I, I quit running in about ninety six, and then I got back in his car his late mile in 'oh six when he moved out to North Carolina.
3: Yeah,
1: and uh, the funniest thing is that. So I was going to try to get back to speed. And I put a little timer on the left side of my dash. Yeah. And I was trying to look at that timer because I knew what I wanted to run. Well, I got I got faster than what I said I was going to get to that night. But when I come off turn two, I was looking at the timer. And I ended up off in that dirt out there on that side of the racetrack. And <laughs> I said, that's fast enough, fellas. We're going to park it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. No. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a that's a distraction. It's a distraction. No, yeah. no doubt about yep. it. Yep. Yep.
3: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: So ha- have to ask you. Yep. Uh, this is a, uh-huh. a hot topic because we've had him on this show before. We had your man David Umscheid on this show a while back, and and everything, every bad habit, everything that he may have done that was a little uh, you know, a little questionable, he blamed it on you.
3: <laughs> so. <laughs> oh come on. So, so
0: so so. so <laughs> Your thoughts your thoughts on the hat on old David Omshaw, the old brother-in-law. What? How about that dude?
1: Oh, he was he was excellent. He was an excellent driver, and you know he put in one hundred and twenty-five percent. When kind of everything David does, he puts in way over a hundred percent. I mean, and yeah. the racing and working on him and bowling. You know, I mean, he he just he dedicates himself to whatever he does, and he was he was fast everywhere he went. I mean, he was he was good everywhere he went.
0: He really was. And We did.
1: Um, yeah, he really was. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, and a bunch of that was the dedication of time. And, and I mean, he really, he really did it. He did. So, he but did. yeah, we had fun racing together. You know, lots of fun racing together.
0: Damn good at what he. Uh, but both of you guys, I mean, and 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 with with David, uh, I mean, I was thinking that all those damn street stock or super stock titles that he had all in a row when you went to late model. He kind of picked up the the thing there, and he was he was unbeatable, unbeatable in those damn super stocks out there.
1: Yes, he was. He was he was excellent out there, and you know, especially Longhorn. I mean, he just had it. Uh, he had that track figured out, and and um, he was so smooth with it that um, yeah, he, there's no one could really compete with him that much.
0: Nope, not even close. Not even close.
1: Yep, yep, yeah. And it, if if he didn't if he didn't win, he was right there knocking on the door.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. You know,
1: and, and you think about it. Back then, that was a lot of fun too. Back even when I ran in street stock or ran uh, Longhorn, you had to start the back of the pack. That's right. You know, high points or or point average, you always had to start the back, and that was a lot of fun. Where you had to pass cars, you know, mm-hmm. and get get up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that made the racing racing challenging.
2: Sure as had hell, a lot did. of fun. Sure as hell did. So at what point yep. At what point did it stop being fun, you think? Is, is it when everything started just becoming way too expensive or was it when these younger kids, because back in the day, I mean, Bradley was what? I think he was 18 or 19, maybe even in his 20s when he started running that late model and stuff. I mean, nowadays you've got kids 13, 14 running late models and stuff like that. Is that what has kind of made racing just way more expensive and doesn't seem near as fun as it used to be? Uh, actually, it's just... It's, what happened is,
1: you know, years ago everybody used to have to build a car and then it got to where people started buying the chassis. Yep. And you used to build for years I built my own motors, you know? And um and now it's got to where if you don't if you don't go with a motor builder, if you don't go with a good chassis and stay up to date on everything, and of course it's like now even the shock packages, you gotta go to uh, special shocks and everything and it's just it's gotten to where there's a specialty on everything. So mm-hmm. the, the the expenses just went up. Well, whenever the expense goes up, it gets it just a little bit. When something happens, you go, "Oh man, look at them dollars!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No, no you know, no so yeah, I think thing. I think that's that's what hurts hurts hurt some of the fun in the racing of it is, is the expense of it mainly.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, uh, it's just it's just hard to. Uh, and you have more and more. Number one, you know, kids used to go out there and work. On their own cars or, or help their dads change all and everything. Yep. And really, if you look at it, you don't have that now. You know, it's it, number one, the time is not hardly there for people, but right. you don't have the, the, the family getting together working on the car. There's just so many things everybody does. And to get like nowadays to get the kids that actually work on the cars and everything as it comes up it's tough. You know, I mean, they're busy and, uh, I mean, they work on them, but it, to have it like, like, I mean, that's all we did when we grew up. Because yep. we didn't have all the other stuff going on. And there was just more time to do it,
0: yeah, yeah, no doubt about it De- yeah, totally yeah. different, different climate so so yeah. let let me ask you, you talked about when you jumped back jumped back in the truck, uh racing out there at Kyle so so how different was it for you because uh I always talk about you know with the late models and all that now you hear them going, uh." <coughs> you know they they hit the chip and all of that so 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 driving in that in that truck where you were you, you didn't have the, the motor that you had uh, the adjustment for you to to jump into something like that where you were a little bit more restricted than you were used to
1: it actually it just made it easier really because huh. yeah it just made it easier because the feel like i said everything when you when you step backwards like that it's like um, Everything just happens so slow, slow motion when something happening on the track, mm-hmm. and you can predict it or you can see it happening long before it happens. Whereas yeah. it just it, it just gets to be like everything, you know. I mean, in the late models, everything's happening so fast, and you just get used to that speed to where when you back up, it's easy to it's easy to miss the wreck. It's easy to anticipate, hey, if I do this move, and you can make the you don't have the feelings of how far the car can go and stuff like that. And it just makes it easier driving
0: hmm all makes, the way around yeah. makes great sense yeah.
1: makes great
2: sense yeah yeah so keith so yeah. you started the show talking about what uh you uh, picking up the grandkids and stuff like that you've been retired for for a little bit of time now so what what does a typical day consist of, of a wreathmire morning do you wake up at the crack of dawn still or do you wake up around high noon with some irish coffee i mean <laughs> talk, talk about talk about a normal day here for you now that you're retired not working on race cars and not fixing other people's cars
1: well, actually, um, I get up, my wife still goes to work, uh, every morning. So we get up at, I, I, set the. I set my alarm to get up at 6.15. So that way I get up, get going. Cause I tried that for about the first two, three months of sleeping in and, and before it happened, I'd catch myself. i go, holy mac, we're lunchtime and I haven't done anything. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, forget that, you know, and, and I take and started setting my alarm and I get up when she gets up and I take and go in there and, and, uh, um, help fix some of her stuff before she goes to work in the mornings. And then I usually leave the house right after she does. And I got a little breakfast joint called Mario's there in Hutto. And oh, yeah. usually there's usually four or five, at least three or four mornings out of the week, I go up there and there's a whole group that meets up there for coffee and eat breakfast. And by about 9, 9.30, I'm usually back at the house. I'm I'm fiddling with stuff at the house. I'm every once in a while working on a few cars and doing stuff like that.
0: Man, uh, I think I need to get to Hutto early one morning. I, I think that'd be a Sounds lot of like fun. Place to be. That would be yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> Keith, got to ask you because this is another one that I got. and I got bombarded. They're like, ask him about spider monkey. Ask him about monkey. <laughs> You've got to bring <laughs> that up. Ask him what the hell that was all about. Tell tell the folks what that was all about.
1: Well, actually, <laughs> I ha- I actually had a pet monkey. That's okay. right. That's right. And of course. So he was—it was actually uh, called a, a squirrel monkey. Yeah. And uh, of course, a bunch of people knew him as spider monkey. But this a squirrel—a spider monkey was usually meaning me, and a squirrel monkey was real lovable. And I had one. In fact, we carried him quite a few times. We went on vacation. We'd put him in the truck, and he'd sit on the shifter, ride on the shifter as we're going down oh the highway, God. and uh, and I carried him all over the place. Yeah, I think uh, I think we had him around back when Jake and uh, yeah. Jake was driving for us, and some of the other ones. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so. Need to say, uh, I think I got the name of Spider Monkey back then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my God, uh, I love it! Yeah, I love it!
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, you know, you talk about you know as far as like my son driving, racing. You know, we had so much fun. It was, it was especially running the uh, the Ronco series and everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean that was a lot of fun. Um, running with the, the boys. I mean, I know David running with his kids. We went through the Legend cars and and. And the trucks and all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of fun running with the kids. It's just amazing having the kids driving and working on it compared to yourself.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, that itself is definitely more enjoyable. You know, that part of it is, yeah, keeping them running. Trying, trying, and it's amazing. I tried to work harder on, on that car for him than I did myself. That's for sure. Damn.
2: That's, got, it, that, that's an interesting take on You got that. more creative. <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well but 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 the thing
0: about it is it and 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 keith as we think about it because we were talking about speedorama and all the times back there and you you went on to do so many great things but it's just where this sport has changed so much because we're, we're not able to do what what we used to do i mean i mean i grew up watching you guys but it, it is just um i'm glad that we still have our sport which we don't have it right now but um it's right. just it's just really neat to to look back on those those fun times. We had, we had so many good times, and and you guys were so damn good out there racing those cars.
1: Yeah, and it it was definitely a lot of fun. You know, the uh, it's sad that you see all the the asphalt tracks are drying up here in Texas. I yeah. mean, it's just they're just not that many. You know, there's hardly anything left besides Houston now. Yeah. But you know, we used to have Odessa. Uh, we had uh, um, oh we had uh, there used to be a track in Dallas. There was a, uh, you know, San Antonio, yeah, um, all, you know, just all the track there, you know, that we had around, around town. And then I mean, around the state, and there's just nothing, nothing left on the asphalt deal. Yeah, so um, yeah, and I think it, I think that's the reason the dirt racing is still there. It's like they definitely say it's it's cheaper as far as your local class to run that dirt than it is the asphalt. A lot, lot cheaper, you know.
0: That's what they say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, That's, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I haven't. I've only ran dirt a couple of times, and that was with the street stock, and that was up in Killeen Oh, stars and stripes. And, that, uh,
0: did Did you like that? Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, I'm a pavement guy, and I I, I sucked at it when I tried it. Uh, I mean, it, what What do you think of that?
1: Well, the first time I went up there, I realized that man, I gotta let the air out of these tires. I let <laughs> the air out of the tires, <laughs> yes. and I started the feature, and I had hardly no air in tires, and I rode the tire off of the very so Absolutely. I didn't work really good.
3: So, Absolutely. So then
1: I realized I got to go up there with two. So I think me and me and David went up there together to go run up there on dirt. And we said, "Man, uh, when we talked about going up there, man, up there on dirt, we'll probably bodies be tore up pretty good running up there on that dirt compared to asphalt." And you know, I don't think we hit nobody on track besides me and him and each other a <laughs> times. that'd be about it. You know.
0: <laughs> Little known fact: yeah. Reithmeyer and Umscheid were yeah. actually on dirt. That that's pretty yeah. badass out yeah. right there. You heard it right here. Yeah. First. Yeah. Heard it right yeah. here. Yeah. First. yeah.
2: So everybody remembers, Keith. Everybody remembers the races that uh, you know the the special ones. Obviously, the ones you ran with Bradley were special. Which one? Which one in your mind out of all the ones that you did? You talked about dominating there in '82 and '84. Which win after all these years still sticks out to you as as probably the one that's the most special in your mind? I guess uh,
1: the there was one down in San Antonio for myself. The one down in San Antonio. It was a big race and it was hot that day. They ran it on a, I don't know, whether it's Saturday afternoon Sunday afternoon. And um, it was like a hundred lap or something on that track. And I ended up winning that race. And uh, uh, I got out of the car just, I mean, just not claps because I was just out of breath and just re- red and ringing wet and everything like that. As far as my race, I, I really believe that was one of the the ones I remember the most. Yeah. Um that was just a, it was a tough race. I mean, it was hot yeah. and everything. It just, it was something else.
3: Yeah. And yeah.
0: then,
1: um, then Bradley, there's no doubt his first race in Houston, that he won. Um, I think Doug Hooks was, Bradley had been running pretty decent the whole time. He was running second or third and, and, uh, Doug Hooks was leading it. And in fact, Doug Hooks clutch. started slipping close to the end of the race. And, mm-hmm. and uh, um, Bradley was able to pass him on the outside. And his first race definitely was one of the most exciting and one more memorable ones I
0: remember. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so, Keith, we've got to ask you. Uh, of course, one of, one of our great friends is, is Amber. Uh, I mean, we just love her. She, she's such a great. Uh, you guys uh, did really great with her as well. Um, Thank yeah, you. Brad Bush. Uh, I mean, <laughs> th- th- that that's a dude right there. I mean, let's talk about that guy. He kind of dips his toe into a little bit of everything, but uh, just just another one of those. Um, what a great couple those are. I, I like old Brad. He's a good dude.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, it's couldn't ask, I mean, a great son-in-law. Um, thinking in uh, one that you know, racing and all. Uh, all of us like racing and everything. And well, of course, him being around the racetrack all those last, uh, years, we knew him and everything. And and uh, he has done such. I mean, he is so respected. You know, especially for running the tracks. I mean, the yeah. guy makes calls that's unbelievable up on top. Of, you know, up there on a tower. That's. Uh, I tried. I tried watching from the tower up there. And there ain't no way I can see the whole track like he was seeing, you know. I know. I <laughs> he know. would call the shot. and I go, "How do you see that? I, I I didn't see that, you know. I mean, I mean, because he he see. I mean, he could see both ends at one time somehow. I don't I don't know. I didn't understand it, but anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. Yeah, and, I,
1: and make some good and make and make some good calls. You know, there was as far as trying to make a call, you know, because they used to have it where they had turn workers and everything, and that was that yeah, was a mess, you yeah, know. Yeah. Years ago. Yep. And uh, yep. I, I really think he he he's one heck of a one heck of a uh, promoter as far as running running the show and getting it going, getting it done. You yep. know, and yeah, yeah, yeah And man. on top of that, you talk of yeah, hey, I don't go when I go to their house. One heck of a barbecue. I mean, he ah. is barbecuing. I cooking something excellent all time, all time, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he he likes the Bud Lights and and, and that all makes it good. Uh, that 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 oh, definitely yeah. oh, helps. So, and the, oh, thing, yeah. the the thing about it with Brad, and it's so funny because Brad's younger, obviously than all of us, but when Brad makes a call, he doesn't
1: get a lot of crap
0: over it. I mean, he he, he makes a call and everybody seems to be like, "Okay." And that that speaks to where he's so respected. Right, right. I think I think
1: so. I think because of the of him making he makes so many good calls compared to what you know i mean what he sees on track is surprising i me, know you know to be able to see that much of the racing that's going on at one time you know and make the calls he does but there yeah. ain't no way i could do it that's for sure you know yeah and but you know he does not he does not take it and take sides i mean if he sees it the way he sees it is the way he's gonna call it you know
0: yeah
1: and uh, that's how he calls it
0: yeah. So, yeah no doubt about
1: it very honest very but, honest calling yeah
0: know? yeah he really does doesn't matter who it is um he, right. he'll call it straight got got to ask you before we cut you loose uh uh Keith uh, Lee Mackin uh, y- your thoughts on him uh, I mean that's a guy you know he he kind of kept over there was special he was a guy that that that, that kept us all in 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 parts and, and all of that but uh r- race promoter everything that that's one of those guys when it comes to Austin Texas racing that that, that Mac um g- good guy him and Judy you, you know rest their soul, uh, good g- great people right there
1: Yes, yes, he was a wonderful. I mean, he was wonderful of all us racers, having the parts there for us, and he was a character, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd tell you how it was. he'd definitely Ooh. tell you how it was to your face, whether, oh, yeah. whether it was good or bad. He'd cut it to your face, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but when that, when the races were over over with, or even even during the race, he was you walk around him, and he was going to tell you a joke, or he's going to make you laugh about something all time. I mean, it was nonstop, stop yeah non-stop
0: absolutely absolutely yeah
2: yeah so even after all yeah, these years it was, uh, you still huh? want you still want to do it you still want to get back in a race car or are you are you just enjoying being grandpa right now
1: i'm enjoying being grandpa i don't I just don't
2: think my, uh, reaction time would be quite fast enough no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know
0: about that, Keith. I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think it ever goes away. I, I really don't think it, it ever goes away. So, so, so lastly, your, your, your favorite time, what was it, um, was it growing up when, when you were getting, getting ready to start racing, maybe starting out in the hobbies and then moving up to late model through, through the TIDA, through all of that, working with Bradley, what, um, and, and, and you know this is just you personally what 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 was your best time or hell is it now not even having to mess with this stuff what what was the best time for keith Reithmeyer in this in this damn sport
1: man i i had I had so many good times i mean i mean i really there's a picture of me and I won a race, and I don't know that might even be in the championship trophy or whatever with my son in my wife's arms i mean he was uh he was only at probably three, four months old. so I did probably I won the race or something that I had a trophy because he was real young back then. Yeah. I mean that was a that special moment. Um I ran uh, my daughter and my son in quarter midgets, both of them for a while. And that was a lot of fun having both of them in the the quarter midgets. Amber ran in quarter midget and Bradley ran a quarter midget and uh (laughs) that was a lot of fun. Um but otherwise, yeah, I, I have I've been real fortunate to have a chance to do quite a few things. Yeah. And I, I can't, you know, my wife's been, you know, the, the wife Sandy and the kids. Whenever we went racing, we all went as a family. Yep. We had the motor home, so we taken and uh, was together all the time when we went racing. So that was that was very special that we could be able to go as a family to all the races all the time. Yeah,
0: well
1: you know, said. and then so I can't I can't pinpoint the actual ones. They were just a lot of good ones, a lot of good. Ones well
0: and that's that's what it's all about i mean as many people as we talk to that that's our sport i mean because we're we're all family i mean we we've all done this for so long and i mean it's just like like we said when we get together at at, that snowball and just telling stories and having a fun time that's what it's all about doesn't matter what era we're we're just all we're just all racing people that's a good thing
1: and fortunately i got two great grandkids uh nick and ray lynn ray lynn is ambers and and nick is bradley and kelly's and uh in fact, I go up there and stay with the daughter-in-law sometimes and help her out if, like, see. The reason I brought him down here, Bradley was supposed to have to go to France oh, wow. for his job, yeah. and it got canceled. Thank goodness, which I was I was hoping <laughs> it'd get canceled. Yeah. But we went ahead and did with the plans, and I flew up there and got Nick and brought him back down here. That I was going to help Kelly with, so she could do her thing while he was gone. And and uh, so yeah. In fact, I got i want to take him back up there here in a few days and. I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping I don't have to drive with a with a three year old in the back seat. I hope the planes or something don't get you know? uh, Yeah,
0: that um Yeah. Yeah, you better have some distractions if that if that's gonna be the case. Cause yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: No doubt about it. Keith, man, this has been so fun, I mean, talking about all of this. I, I, had, those, uh, I had those stories about getting creative in the back of my mind. I, I remembered them vaguely from Snowball, and I was like, man, I hope, he, hope he'll tell those. <laughs> but uh, good stuff, man. What, what a career and, and just what, a, what an era. You, you are truly a legend, man, and this has been so much fun. Thanks for taking the time to join us.
1: And Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Anytime, let's do this again.
1: All right. Thank you, sir.
0: You bet. Take care. Y'all
1: stay. St- y'all stay safe, and hope everybody else stays safe too.
0: Yes, sir. You too. Be well, All my right. man.
2: We will.
1: Thank you.
0: You Bye. bet. There he is, Keith Reithmeyer.